It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We are a company that provides nutrition counseling and education, and we see people's lives change every day when they have knowledge about what to eat. Throughout the years of Dishing Up Nutrition being on the air, we have covered a variety of topics related to digestive health. And according to a survey from November of 2013, 74% of Americans are living with digestive symptoms like diarrhea, constipation, gas, bloating, and abdominal pain. So it really makes sense that we would frequently address some of these issues. And the conditions we've addressed in the past have been heartburn or acid reflux, IBS, which stands for irritable bowel syndrome. And we've talked quite a bit about celiac disease and gluten sensitivity, and as well as constipation and diarrhea. But today's topic is about a disease that is less common than some of the other digestive disorders, but it's a very serious disease and it can be debilitating. So we're going to be discussing Crohn's disease and how to manage the symptoms with the right nutrition. My name is Kara Carper. I'm a licensed nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist, and I meet with clients at our Wyzetta office and I teach classes. And my co-host today is Kate Crosby. Kate is a nutrition counselor and she meets with clients at our Lakeville and North Oaks offices. And she also teaches quite a few of our classes as well. Absolutely. Actually, let me make a little correction here, Cara. I oh. only work in North Oaks now. Oh, my gosh. Things okay. change around here. Yes, they do. And I just what didn't get that email. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I'd like to welcome all of our listeners today, and thanks for joining us. You know, many of you may not be familiar with Crohn's disease. So in the beginning, Cara and I are going to spend a few minutes explaining the symptoms and giving you more details about this disease. You know, Crohn's disease is also referred to as inflammatory bowel disease, IBD. Mm-hmm. So there are two conditions that fall under this inflammatory bowel disease. There's Crohn's and ulcerative colitis as well. So just like the name indicates with inflammatory They're both inflammatory conditions of the intestinal tract. You know, the symptoms of both of those diseases can be similar, and they include periodic attacks of abdominal pain or cramping, diarrhea maybe, and you might get some bloating. Um, There also could be a fever present, and you may lose your appetite, lose weight. Children will often have poor growth. They won't gain weight. They won't grow Mm -hmm. in height. Another thing I forgot to um, put in our notes is that sometimes there can be bloody stool. Stool, for sure. As well with that. So because the symptoms of Crohn's and ulcerative colitis are similar, and because the symptoms mimic other intestinal problems, even, you know, parasites or like we talked about IBS, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it can sometimes be very difficult to diagnose. And it may take a long, long time to finally get the correct diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk more about, you know, what doctors do to look for Crohn's. But I want to explain the main difference between ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. So ulcerative 
ulcerative colitis usually only affects the large intestine, and then that is called the colon. Um, whereas Crohn's disease can affect any area of the intestinal tract, anywhere from the mouth to the anus. But Crohn's is more commonly found at the end of the small intestine called the ileum and the beginning of the, the large intestine, the colon. And that junction right there is usually the culprit mm-hmm. in many, many cases mm-hmm. of Crohn's disease. Here's another interesting fact about Crohn's disease. People with Crohn's have sections of normal, healthy bowel yeah. that is found in between the sections of the diseased and the inflamed bowel. So it's not like the whole thing, thing is, inflamed. is inflamed. There's just these spots. Pieces and patches. Mm-hmm. You know, about half the people with Crohn's have only mild symptoms, while others have very severe symptoms, and they're frequent. So I guess the upshot is really you need to understand that symptoms are going to vary from person to person depending upon what part of the gastrointestinal tract is inflamed, you know, where, where, what they're eating and how they're There's, being affected. There really There's are so a lot many of factors. factors. And the symptoms usually come and go, and remission can occur for months or even years, which is great. That's yes, the that's goal. what we want. Yeah. Symptoms can also come on very suddenly after being in remission. And sometime, sometimes it's without any warning, and all of a sudden the person's having diarrhea, they have a fever, they get very fatigued. It can seem like that happens overnight. Absolutely. You know, because Crohn's is a chronic disease, and there really is no cure for it, our ultimate goal is always remission, or at least a reduction in, the, in your symptoms. So although Crohn's is not as common as a condition like irritable bowel syndrome or acid reflux, it's becoming much more common. Crohn's used to be a rare disorder, but there are twice as many cases today compared to 30 years ago. Interesting, Cara. Twice as many cases as there were 30 years Mm -hmm. ago. So you're probably wondering, well, why is Crohn's on the rise? And really, it's a combination of factors. And Crohn's is related, you know, can be related to genetics often, these Crohn's, by the way, is an autoimmune disease, and autoimmune diseases can run in families. But well, oh, go ahead. go ahead, you go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, there there are other issues as well as you know why people are getting Crohn's and it's yeah. on the rise. Can be from an infection. Maybe yep. someone contracted a virus or a bacteria, whether that was from traveling or, as we know in the United States, you don't have to travel travel globally. Yeah, to get an infection. I mean, exactly. <laughs> we're exposed all the time, right? Um, and you know, just basically, poor intestinal health is a huge factor in in developing Crohn's disease. And we'll talk a little bit about well, why is how is this developed? This poor intestinal health, and you know, there is a lot of there are a lot of articles and studies indicating the overuse of antibiotics creates a an environment mm-hmm. that can set us up for some of these diseases like Crohn's. Right. I mean, what antibiotics do is they do kill off bad bacteria. At the same time, they kill off that protective, healthy bacteria that we need. Yes. And when we don't have that and we're more vulnerable, people are more likely to have food sensitivities. Another big factor in Mm -hmm. creating these diseases. Yep. As well as, like you said, Crohn's is autoimmune and not having the good bacteria and having food sensitivities set people up to Um, be more likely to have an autoimmune reaction. Exactly. So there are all sorts of factors. Um, The great thing about nutrition is that it's one of those components that people have control over. 
Yeah. Whereas they can't necessarily control their genetics and every single thing in the environment that we're exposed to. Yeah. I mean, but you can control what you put into your mouth. And, you know, other interesting facts about Crohn's. Um, It equally affects men and women. It can occur in people of all ages. But, you know, often it's diagnosed between the ages of 15 and 35. But remember, it can affect people of any age. I know Dara has talked a lot about clients that she sees with Crohn's, and they range in age anywhere from 16 to 60. I know many, the people that I know with Crohn's have been diagnosed when they were like 16, 17, 18. Okay. Yeah, right. And it can happen at any age, but that is more of a common age, I think, to be diagnosed is the teen or early 20s. Medical treatments for Crohn's typically consist of anti-inflammatory drugs, steroids, immunosuppressant drugs, and sometimes antibiotics, depending on what sort of infection is going on. Mm -hmm. So, of course, each medication has its own side effect. We're not going to get into all of those side effects, but that's the nature of of pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. Some are effective for reducing pain and other symptoms, but others do not seem to be effective when Mm -hmm. it comes to Crohn's. Absolutely. You know, and what we see in our offices when meeting with Crohn's clients is that if they follow a strict eating plan, and by the way, sometimes we've found that you have to get really sick before you're willing to make that change. But if you follow a really strict eating plan and you take your supplements, then we usually can, you can usually stop taking all your medications and you've reduced your symptoms tremendously. So why do you think that is, that people have to get really sick to make a change? Because it's not just Crohn's where we see that happening. No, no. It's got to get so bad that you're willing to do something different, Mm -hmm. I think. And dancing around it is where people start sometimes, but Mm -hmm. sometimes they have to be really sick to Mm -hmm. actually come in and get a... Right. A, it, a very... Unfortunately, sometimes I think we're the last resort. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that is very <laughs> true. <laughs> so one of the most important things we want to mention about Crohn's is that it's an autoimmune disorder. If you have an autoimmune disorder, it means your immune system is attacking and destroying healthy body tissue. You know, it's this overactive immune response that creates the inflammation of the intestinal tract. And the swelling from the inflammation is what causes the pain and leads to diarrhea and other symptoms. Mm-hmm. So if you guess that we're going to be discussing ways to reduce inflammation in the body to reduce the symptoms, you are correct. Yep. That's the key to reducing symptoms of any autoimmune disorder is to calm the inflammation and calm that overactive immune response. Absolutely. When we come back, we're going to talk more about reducing inflammation, but it is time for us to take a break. On September 5th, Parade Magazine put out an article called What America Eats. It it was What America Eats, our exclusive survey on the nation's changing tastes. So this is about the 30th year they have surveyed 1,000 men and women throughout the United States. And there were a lot of interesting statistics. One that jumped out to me was that 41% of Americans have been on a diet in the last year. So when we come back, Kate's going to share more tidbits from the survey. And you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you have a question or comment for us today, please call the studio at 651-641-1071. 
If you live with digestive problems, it's not just miserable, it's embarrassing. You might even find it tough to tell your doctor about your gas, bloating, heartburn, constipation, or diarrhea. The nutrition educators at Nutritional Weight and Wellness understand no one wants to talk tummy trouble, but that can keep you suffering. So they've come up with a brilliant solution, an online version of the popular gut reaction class. That's right, online. You won't sit in a group or even leave home. You'll learn about foods that trigger digestive discomfort and how to restore intestinal balance. You'll learn how to get rid of bloating, stop heartburn, and relieve constipation and diarrhea. But it's all done privately when it's convenient for you. You know the old saying, you're only as sick as your secrets. If you're ready to heal and give up those digestive aids advertised on TV, this is the class for you. Register for Gut Reactions online at weightandwellness.com or call for information at 651-699-3438. That's 651-699-3438. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kate Crosby, nutrition counselor, and I'm here with Cara Carper, licensed nutritionist. Our topic today is Crohn's disease, how to manage the symptoms with proper nutrition. You know, call us with any nutritional questions today at 651-641-1071. Before break, Carr was talking about a survey from the September 5th Parade magazine titled, What America Eats. A thousand Americans were questioned about their eating habits, and here are some really interesting findings. One of them is that 79% of restaurant meals are at fast food places. Mm. So that's a big chunk of eating out. So the top five treats that we would like to be magically calorie-free are Mm. ice cream, Mm -hmm. chocolate, pizza, soda, and alcoholic beverages. Hmm. Probably not a lot of surprises there. Yes, exactly. 67% of Americans are trying to cut back on sugar, the survey tells us. And 61% of Americans are trying to cut back on trans fats. That's interesting. While 50% of Americans are trying to cut back on carbohydrates. Mm. 30% are trying to cut back on gluten, which is basically wheat. We'll talk more about gluten later. Yeah. So interesting. Well, those are our habits, I guess. And, you know, there obviously is some effort there to make some changes. Mm -hmm. So today, with our topic of Crohn's, we want to give you some tips on how to reduce the symptoms of Crohn's. Firstly, we start by removing foods that cause inflammation, and we're going to add anti-inflammatory foods and nutrients to help quell all of that inflammation. And we were going to talk about the first offending food, but I just noticed that we have a couple callers. So why don't we take the calls first here? Okay. Okay. Like we have, hi, Steve. You're on Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question? Oh, you that me? That's hi, you. yes, that oh, is you. you. Yeah, that was quick. <laughs> anyway, I've taken your class. It's wonderful. My mom is 92, and she just had a physical. She's in excellent shape, but she fell and broke her pelvis and her right arm. And mm. she's in the care center getting the uh, crummy fat, high carbo, uh, low protein food. And so I've been bringing her food, but I was wondering what supplements may help her heal faster. We have a great supplement in our office. Mm-hmm. It's, Kate, correct me if I get the name wrong, but is it Surgical Healing Formula? Oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. I've never seen that. Yeah. So that has, it's a really nice formula that has all of the different nutrients, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals that are going to 
you know, speed up that healing process of the tissues. Oh, perfect. That's what I need to know. Yeah, that would be, I think, a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. And, and keep bringing her food. Yeah. We good like healthy that. food. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I mean, I mean, she doesn't. She doesn't take the prescription meds or anything. It's just still dry. She's just perfectly fine, except she's got osteoporosis. Yeah. But I, it just makes me sick to see what they offer her and stuff. It's just too bad. I know. I know. But anyway, you know, yeah, there's one right. other supplement, Steve, if she's got osteoporosis, that might help her in this condition. But it it, it is a number of pills. So yeah, she's tried years, but it upset her stomach. So she's using one from the mail. It's not, it's not a prescri- the, the drug kind. It's a supplement. Kind. Yeah. It's very similar to what you have, but hmm. it doesn't upset her stomach. And okay. I don't know really why, but that was a reason for okay. it. Okay. Yep. yep. She's got to do what she can. Why don't you up your North Oaks office today and get some? Great. So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for the call. Calling in. Yep. We have another caller, and we'll take this, and then we'll get back to our topic. Hi, good morning, Linda. You're on Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi, Linda. Linda. Daughter that is um, bulimic, mm-hmm. and she's just been diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and I'm wondering if there may be a relationship with that. She's mm-hmm. also, um, just in the last couple of days, had big mumps on the side of her neck, mm-hmm. um, and they were diagno- trying to diagnose her for mumps, and um, I was wondering if the whole thing doesn't relate together, autoimmune, mumps, glandular, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Is that okay? Sorry, <laughs> I don't know what exactly that was. Okay, so bulimia and Crohn's. Crohn's. Yeah. I mean, the, the first place I think of is some kind of gluten sensitivity. You know, as you know, um, or maybe you don't know, but gluten, the protein that's found in wheat and barley, rye and oats, can sometimes cause, uh, you know, a reaction might be one of bulimia. Like it makes you feel awful. And so as a consequence, you try to get rid of that awful feeling. Um, uh, she's, she's definitely bulimic for maybe eight years. And it's a, it's a she does it herself. It's mm-hmm. not a... mm-hmm. No, of course. She would do it herself. But it still may be related to eating gluten. So, okay. And those are, you know, obviously... Gluten and dairy, when we will talk about this later, are very inflammatory foods. So, um, strangely enough, it seems odd to be taking away a food when someone is bulimic. But those two foods might be very helpful to take away, while at the same time adding really healthy foods. And also, another thing that comes to mind is intestinal health. And so, it Hopefully, Linda, you'll be able to hear the rest of the show because we're going to talk about ways to support the intestinal tract Mm -hmm. and not just to take away the symptoms of Crohn's in her case, but to actually look at what might be causing her to be bulimic. Mm -hmm. Um, We make 90% of serotonin in our intestinal tract, but only if it's healthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, People with eating disorders often are low in many neurotransmitters, including serotonin. Yes. So we really need to get some good bacteria in her intestinal tract with some L-glutamine to heal. She probably needs some, you know, high-dose omega-3s. We're going to talk about all of that today. And I really think with both of those very serious conditions that she should make an appointment Mm -hmm. to, if, you know, if she's willing, to really dive into some of the details here. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Great. Thanks for well, your call. Well, good luck. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for your call this morning. We wish Thanks. you the best. 
All right. We have, we're going to talk about foods that are triggers. Okay. So people that have been listening for a while probably know that sugar was going to be the one of the offending foods when it comes to inflammation. You betcha. The most consistent factor identified as a risk factor for Crohn's disease is a diet high in refined sugars. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and the obvious forms of refined sugars are those dessert foods, cakes, cookies, candy, pie, your typical sweet treats. But soda is loaded with refined sugar in, you know, a bottle has 20 teaspoons of sugar. But so does juice. Even mm-hmm. unsweetened juice is full of sugar. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not just soda. No. Good point. Because refined sugars are so likely to cause a Crohn's flare-up, people need to be really careful with foods that have hidden sugars. For example, two cups of cooked pasta contains about 35 teaspoons of sugar. And also bread, chips, crackers, and muffins would all be other examples of foods that are high in sugar. These are the foods that are called... High in refined sugars. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Swedish researchers have found that people who eat at fast food restaurants regularly and who eat too much sugar may increase their risk of Crohn's disease. So that tells you one thing to kind of avoid that area. Right. So sugar and fast food. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And according to the Journal of Epidemiology, this is where we found that study. Um, Those who ate fast food at least two times a week were almost four times more likely to develop Crohn's disease. And those who ate more than 55 grams of sugar per day were nearly three times more likely to develop Mm. Crohn's disease. So 55 grams of sugar really isn't that much. We were just talking about that bottle of soda that contains 20 teaspoons of sugar. Well, 20 teaspoons of sugar is actually 80 grams of sugar. So the study looked at people who were just consuming 55 grams of sugar for the entire day. Mm-hmm. You know, we're eating much higher levels of sugar um, than 55 on a regular basis. And that could be increasing the risk of Crohn's. And reducing sugar will lower inflammation, and it's really important in preventing Crohn's flare-ups and symptoms. However, it's, it's a complicated condition, and most people can't just give up sugar and start feeling great and yeah. have their symptoms all go away. According to Liz Lipsky, she's a Ph.D. and nutritionist who wrote Digestive Wellness, food sensitivities play a significant role in Crohn's disease occurring about half the time. So we're going to, you know, when we come back from break, we're going to get more into these food sensitivities. But first, I'd just like to share an article from the Star Tribune. It was just from September 23rd that Coke, Pepsi and Dr. Pepper said, They'll work to reduce the calories Americans get from beverages by 20% over the next decade by more aggressively marketing smaller sizes, bottled water, and diet drinks. So those are the things they want to increase is smaller sizes, bottled water, and diet drinks. So we'd love to take your calls today. We've had some great ones so far. Our number is 651-641-1071. Welcome back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Kate Crosby, and I'm here with Cara Harper. Coke, Pepsi, Dr. Pepper made an announcement at the Clinton Global Initiative this week in New York City that they will work to reduce calories in beverages by 20% over the next 10 years by marketing smaller sizes, marketing bottled water, different diet drinks. 
So it's difficult to say what sweeteners the three big soda makers will decide to use. We know that sweeteners like aspartame and sucralose, those artificial sweeteners, have negative side effects, including an increased risk of obesity, uh, risks of diabetes and heart disease as well. You know, stevia would be a better option since it's natural, comes from a plant, and it's not made in a laboratory like all of the others. Just a little tidbit of information. (laughs) Always interesting when we can get the current news. Absolutely. (laughs) So, Kate, we were talking about gluten, and we were talking about dairy, and, well, actually, we were about to talk about both of those, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, just food sensitivities and how food sensitivities and Crohn's disease um, are are related. Uh, These food sensitivities can aggravate Crohn's disease. Um, The specific foods that Dr. Lipsky talks about, and we see this all the time, are gluten and dairy products. And, you know, being sensitive to those products really makes sense when it's a problem with Crohn's because gluten and dairy are two foods that for many people cause inflammation, and we know that they're triggers for autoimmune conditions in general. And one study found that 13% of children with Crohn's actually started out allergic to cow's milk. Very as, interesting. As infants. I thought yeah. that was interesting. Yeah. You know, we've talked about gluten on other radio shows because research shows a huge correlation between eating foods with gluten and developing autoimmune diseases. Gluten is that protein that's found in wheat and oats, barley, and that usually means beer, folks, and barley soup and rye. If you're eating a lot of bread or cereal or pasta or snack foods like crackers or muffins, chips, things like that, you're getting a lot of gluten. And most listeners know what foods contain dairy, but we'll list off the most common ones just in case people don't know. Milk, ice cream, cottage Mm -hmm. cheese, really any kind of cheese, but cottage cheese, regular cheese, yogurt. And remember that dairy is a very common trigger for Crohn's. So maybe that glass of milk with dinner or that before bedtime bowl of ice cream might be all it takes to set off a round of diarrhea and cramping. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and if you're tuning in for the first time, I bet some of this information might feel a little overwhelming or daunting. You know, removing commonly eaten foods like sugar and gluten and dairy may sound really difficult. But we want to assure you there are plenty of wonderful foods to eat. It's going to take some knowledge and probably some planning as well. And anyone with a disease like Crohn's who wants to go into remission with a careful diet really should sit down one-on-one with a nutritionist to put together the plan. Yeah. Because we do this stuff every day. We put together meal plans that are gluten-free, dairy-free, and sugar-free, and and we still come up with tasty options for people to eat. People love the the menus that we come up with. Should we go ahead and, looks like we have a caller, Kate. Sure. Let's take mm-hmm. this call real quick. Hi, good morning, Tom. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What is your question for us? Well, I was wondering, uh, you know, it's the effects of a couple of these medicines I was taking in the last, oh, I'd say year and a half. I got on this program with this uh, azathioprine, two, uh, 250 milligrams a day, and then uh, I don't have a, a bad case of Crohn's. Mm-hmm. And my, my sister has it really bad. She's got, like, a, you know, a bag and everything, so she... She's got the real, the real Crohn's, the real hard stuff. I don't, but mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with it, and I was take. I was just wondering, you know, azathioprine and then Remicade is another one. These infusions they were giving me. Mm-hmm. 
uh, success rates. Uh, you, you, have you heard heard about them? You know how how good that medicine is. Because I got kind of like a combination of, like I said, I don't have the the intense uh, issues with it like some other people, but um, I got kind of a combination of lazy and just got off the medicine, you know, because I just I'm not really hurting like a lot of other people, you know. Okay, so you're not currently on medication? No, I I kind of got off it, but I, you know they want to see me again and possibly get me back on mm-hmm. it. But you know there is, like you said, there is some um, risk, you know, with some of these medicines, you know. For sure. Right. Mm-hmm. I do not know. I know there are quite a few treatment, different treatment options, whether it's oral or infusion or mm-hmm. other surgeries that people have as well. And I am not familiar with all of them. Um, yeah, well, you're talking about, you know, cutting pizza, ice cream, chocolate, and then, uh, you know, all the sugar. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. What do I do? <laughs> what do I, I mean, I'm going to have to really look at this. I mean, I eat all I, those things kind of on a regular basis. And, I, you know, like I said, I, there's people worse off than me. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of the stuff that I'm eating, you know. I, I know it that. is. I know. And I, and that, I mean, you're probably a prime example of a person who who needs to sit down with a nutritionist and get some education and some choices. Um, and I yeah. think we're replacements really, yeah. for your favorite foods. We're really good at helping you figure out what are you willing to eat and then coming up with a menu plan that would support you and what you like. Um, yeah. But it well, sounds another, like... Another thing with, um, you know, not to change some of this, but, you know, the the, the legalization of um, of marijuana in the future, they said there's going to be some medical... Um, Abilities with that here with the Crohn's, I think it was. Mm-hmm. On the, okay, I didn't hear about. Have you guys? It just in, in a nutshell, you don't have to get deep in it, but can you just comment on that, and, and I'll I'll hang up and listen. Okay, I really don't have a comment um, on that. I don't <laughs> well, you know, well, you know, I mean, it's something I've heard from the doctors and the news. That, yeah. I mean, For, I first I of all, I have I haven't but, personally even heard that, so there's no way that I can make a well, yeah, yeah, I know, make I an intelligent comment. Of, uh, it's on the list of things yeah. here that uh, you know. They're going to have down. You'll be hearing okay. about in a couple of years, I'm sure. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, we will look for that in the news. Uh, well, listen to the rest of the show today, Tom, because we'll give you some suggestions for um, foods to eat, and maybe that will help you at least start on your way. I got my pen and pencil out. I appreciate it. Right. Thank Good. you. We'll also, Thanks for we'll listening. We'll also give you some tips with uh, supplements that probably will be very important for you. Yeah, I'm going to go see the doctor again this week. Like I said, I'm not like the worst case, and I, you know, there's people here hurting way worse mm-hmm. than me, you know. But I'm definitely going to go back. I kind of got lazy, got off the program with the pills and everything. It was just like I'm taking five pills a day and all this stuff. I'm, there's people out there way worse than me. Yeah. You know? Well, good. I'm glad that your symptoms are not debilitating like I know some people have. No, but no. Best, but, uh, best wishes you know, to you. My eyes are open to all the food choices you got. You're listing here. I know. I know. Well, keep listening and taking your notes. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for your call. Yep. So we were, you know. Sitting down with somebody, it's always a great idea. You great were just idea. saying that before we took the call. So, Tom, here's your list. <laughs> Starting up. The safe list. This is the safe list. Foods that are usually on the safe list for people with Crohn's. Animal protein, like chicken, turkey, fish, red meat, especially that grass-fed red, red meat that, that is going to be higher in omega-3s, which are anti-inflammatory. You know, most people can get uh, can eat eggs, but some will get symptoms from eggs due to their high sulfur content. So you'll just have to experiment with that. Vegetables are really the best form of carbohydrates. Raw vegetables may cause bloating and cramping for some people, but cooking will help that. So either lightly steaming or sauteing makes vegetables a lot easier to digest. Do we have time for me to... to... Oh, 
to uh, talk about a you great were, recipe. Yeah, you were telling me about that before the show. Yes, so we do have time. Just before our next break, I'd like to explain. I um, have a recipe for what I call green soup. And the reason I use it is that it's all cooked vegetables. Um, you you will blend up these cooked vegetables in a blender and, you know, add butter and salt and pepper. But this is kind of the gist of it. You take a large soup pot and roughly chop or quarter an onion, a couple potatoes, a stalk or two of broccoli, maybe a half a cup of celery root or a couple stalks of celery, a couple cups of green beans, some zucchini, anything green. Cover the, all of that with water. Put in a little sea salt, bring it to boil, gently cook it until they're all done. Then you're going to add a couple bags of spinach or kale, a bunch of kale that's been chopped up. Um, Cook that until it's cooked. And then in batches, you're going to blend that mixture so it's all emulsified and it's creamy and delicious. And at the end, season it with Lots of butter and salt and pepper, and it's delicious. That wonderful. It's, what a great way to get a combination of vegetables. It's all in one yeah, bowl. All in one bowl. <laughs> you can freeze a whole bunch of it and have That's it great. for later. Thank you for sharing that, Kate. Certainly. Well, it, like you were saying, it's time for our last break. Um, I'd like to share some classes that are starting up this week. Our Weight and Wellness Signature Six-Week Series have several locations and times for your convenience. And these classes are two hours in length. The series lasts for six weeks. It's life-changing information on nutrition. So the options are St. Paul on Monday night, Mendota Heights and North Oaks are both on Tuesday night, Lakeville this Wednesday, Wyzetta and Anoka this Thursday, and Maple Grove on Saturday morning, October 4th. So you can go to our website, weightandwellness.com, for more details, or you can always call our office at 651-699-3438, and we'll be right back. Want to bring the great information you hear each week on Dishing Up Nutrition to your workplace? Well, you can. Nutritional Weight and Wellness teaches classes at companies all over the Twin Cities. Whether your office is large or small, they have a class that's right for you. Choose a popular lunch and learn class, such as Foods for Great Energy, Stress Busting Foods, or the Food Mood Connection. Longer classes like Nutrition for Memory and Focus are perfect for wellness days. These fun and formative classes help you make good nutrition choices at work and at home. What happens? when you and your co-workers eat healthier foods. Employees notice increased energy, focus, and stable moods. Employers notice less absenteeism, higher productivity, and improved management of chronic conditions. A healthy workplace leads to healthier, happier employees. Plus, it's easier to make good choices or lose weight with the support of co-workers. To bring nutrition classes to your office, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com. We're back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kate Crosby. I'm here with Cara Carper, and we're discussing ways to reduce symptoms of Crohn's disease with the right foods and supplements. Cara told you before break about our weight and wellness classes. Well, I'd like to tell you about another wonderful class that's happening this week. It's called Hot Flash, Solutions for Perimenopause and Menopause. And just like the title says, this class will teach you how to comfortably get through those years before and into menopause. It's a three-hour community ed class. It's offered on Tuesday evening, September 30th in Stillwater, and also Thursday evening, October 2nd in Balsam Lake. Diane does a great job of teaching this class, and you can sign up by calling our office at 651 699 
888-888-3438. Or you can go on our website, weightandwellness.com. Excellent. So oh. vegetables are the best form of carbs, but what is another great form or a, a good form of well, carbohydrates? Yeah. You know, fruits. Fruits are a good carb. But in moderation, just a couple of servings a day, this, these will be good carbs for uh, Crohn's disease. Certain fruits can be problematic, though, things like apples and bananas. Uh, you're going to have to try it. Each one, each person is a little different. Clients with Crohn's usually get to know their bodies pretty well and can tell what foods cause a reaction. So in certain cases, even fruits need to be lightly cooked, especially those apples, to make them more digestible. Mm-hmm. Healthy fats are anti-inflammatory, and they're an important part of the diet for Crohn's. So, and even though butter is dairy, it's basically the dairy fat, so that should be fine. Mm-hmm. Coconut oil and olive oil are great options, as well as avocados and olives. Nuts are okay uh, for some people. Others have a hard time digesting them. And, you know, if you're looking at nut butters like almond butter, well, I was just going to say that almond butter and sun butter are probably better options than peanut butter because mm-hmm. peanuts, yeah. a lot of people are sensitive to those. Yep. Well, and, and I think it's important to remember that not all fats are okay, though. You know, according to that study we mentioned from the Journal of Epidemiology, eating fast food two or more times a week greatly increases the risk of Crohn's. And you know and we know fast food is notorious for having bad fats. So some of those bad fats are trans fats or soybean oil, corn oil, sunflower and canola oil. Those are examples of oils to avoid to reduce the inflammation. Mm -hmm. So why don't we talk about some supplements that are really important for the healing aspect of Crohn's and for keeping symptoms at bay. And, you know, regarding oils, there's actually an oil that many of us are deficient in. That omega-3 fatty acid. Yes. (laughs) How much of it? Well, a one-year double-blind placebo-controlled study looked at the effects of omega-3 fish oil in keeping Crohn's in remission. So this was with a group of patients who were at a high risk of relapse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One group received 6,000 milligrams of omega-3 fish oil. The other group received a placebo, so no fish oil. And the results, after one year, 28% of the patients taking the fish oil had relapses, while 69% of the patients who were not taking fish oil had relapses. So the relapse rate significantly reduced in the group taking the fish oil. So 6,000 milligrams would be equal to taking six of our Nutri-Key soft gels. That's our brand of fish oil. And we recommend that anyone with Crohn's Use a high-quality omega-3 fish oil to reduce inflammation and and lower chances of relapse. And sometimes using a liquid fish oil is another option for people. Sure, and sometimes it can be more absorbed a little bit more efficiently. A little bit easier on that stomach. So far today, we've talked about, you know, there's often a genetic predisposition to Crohn's and the likelihood of food sensitivities. It's also been found that Crohn's occurs after you've been exposed to a virus or a bacteria. And one study I found said that a virus or bacteria were found in 10% of Crohn's cases. Mm -hmm. However, when it came to relapses, the study also found that half of the cases showed a bacteria called Clostridium difficile. It's also known, people might know it as C. diff. 
that's a really serious and can be an even fatal bacterial infection. Um, and other Crohn's relapses in the study found things like salmonella. There were a lot of bacteria. I couldn't pronounce <laughs> all of them. So, <laughs> well, And we're all exposed to viruses and bacteria on a daily basis. But there are things we can do to protect our bodies from getting them. Um, the first line of defense is your gut. Up to 80% of your immune system is found in the gut, those Peyer's patches. But it <laughs> has to be protected with good bacteria to have this great immunity. The most important good bacteria to have for protection is called bifidobacteria. Babies get this from breast milk. And there are studies that have shown a link between lack of breastfeeding and the susceptibility to getting Crohn's disease. So even if a baby, you know, if a mom can't nurse or mm-hmm. for whatever reason the baby's not getting breast milk, the baby can still be given a supplement of bifidobacteria. I just wanted to comment on that. Bifidobacteria in babies can be a factor in preventing Crohn's and other immune conditions. But it's also a critical supplement for someone who already has Crohn's, whatever your age is. Not only does it protect the immune system from harmful viruses and bacteria, but it can help prevent some of those symptoms like the cramping and diarrhea. We have a great, we have a couple of great options Mm -hmm. in our office. There's a powder form of bifidobacteria and a capsule form. The powder, I would recommend that people take an eighth of a teaspoon three times per day or one capsule three times per day. And that amount can certainly be increased. Yes. But with Crohn's, there's always that sensitivity. I would say start with a lesser amount. Mm -hmm. Many of our clients and listeners are also aware of the amino acid called L-glutamine. L-glutamine is necessary, as Cara had mentioned earlier, to heal that damaged intestinal lining, which is present in Crohn's disease. And again, Here's how to start. A good amount would be about 1,500 milligrams three times a day. This is typically two capsules before each meal or maybe a half a teaspoon of the powder before each meal. And there's a nutrient that most Americans are deficient in, especially where we live, in northern latitude. And you know what that means, (laughs) deficiency in vitamin D. I think it's about 75% of Mm -hmm. all ages from birth. So uh, just vitamin D in general is a really important vitamin when it comes to autoimmune disorders. Absolutely. You know, another primary cause in many cases of Crohn's is having an imbalance in that bacteria in your gut. And we talked about how good bacteria can help ward off exposure to the bad bacteria and viruses that can cause these infections. And we also mentioned that good bacteria like bifido can help eliminate the cramps and diarrhea and bloating and the pain. So if you're wondering what the causes are of the digestive system ending up in this sort of state with not having enough good bacteria to ward off the bad bacteria, one of the main causes is antibiotic use. We had alluded to that earlier. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Ronald Hoffman, he wrote Seven Weeks to a Settled Stomach. He states that the increase in Crohn's disease over the past 50 years parallels the increasing use of antibiotics. Antibiotics can promote the spread of that toxic um, bacteria and can make them stronger and even more invasive. And one cause of Crohn's is thought to be a breakdown in the way your immune system handles bad bacteria. So people with a genetic tendency to Crohn's, they're going to be at higher risk if they're going on frequent rounds 
of antibiotics. You know, so we just encourage everyone to make sure that your antibiotic is necessary before you take it. You know, antibiotics are going to do nothing for a virus, so try not to, to take them if you have a virus. Just make sure it's a bacterial mm-hmm. infection. And, of course, there are times when people need to take them, and we just want to say mm-hmm. make sure you Absolutely. have high doses of bifidobacteria as a supplement, I would say, for several months after taking that antibiotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Kate, this is a, we have a, just probably a minute left here. I just wanted to add in one more thing because I, I hear this from clients when they get nutrition information from their doctors. Uh, yes. What I have heard from Crohn's patients is that their gastroenterologists are telling them that diet won't make a difference. And we see that it does. We see that people can get off their medications, and if not, they can go into remission and live comfortable lives with the disease. So we hope that we've given you some tips today to heal yourself. And everybody, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.